Hey there! Welcome to the Rambling Gals Podcast. We are your hosts, Angela and Adriana, and here you'll find pretty much everything travel-related. We took a trip a few years ago and made a fair amount of mistakes that cost us money and messed up our plans. And since then, we've worked on perfecting travel itineraries and made it a goal to get as many people as we could out into the world exploring. So here you'll find our best travel tips and tricks, interviews with other travelers and business owners, a little bit of storytelling, and a lot of tomfoolery. Thanks for listening. Welcome to this month's Saturday session. Today I'm talking to Samantha from Raise the Little Wonder. Samantha runs their website, which focuses on traveling. She's part of a military family. They travel semi-nomadically. And obviously, this is not an area where I have you know much knowledge or expertise in, but just simply from talking to other people and observing other people who travel with their families, it always seems like there's some sort of you know, tension or frustration in these situations where you're traveling with kids or with, you know, multi-generational families. And so I'm really excited to talk to Samantha today. We're going to talk about all things traveling as a family, including some tips and tricks for bringing kids along and enjoying that time together and not being stressed out all the time. So I'm going to let Samantha jump in here, introduce herself and her family, give a little bit of background about Raise a Little Wonder and, you know, what she hopes to accomplish with it. So go ahead, Samantha. Hi, guys. I'm Samantha from Raise a Little Wonder. Um, we are mainly an Instagram travel blog, but there's also a real life legit page. Uh, RaiseAlittleWonder.com is where we are slowly putting all of our travel tips for parents. We are your average 1% family. Um, there's only actually 1% of the entire population in the United States that are part of the military. So we are average in many ways and not so average in many ways. And we are fully embracing our semi-nomadic military life like um, like we were introduced as. We're traveling as much as we can with a very limited budget and very limited schedules with our three boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did check out your blog and you guys have some great tips for, you know, local day trips. Do you focus mainly on day trips or shorter trips, weekend trips, or just whenever you can get away? So we are actually, we have done a 180 in terms of our schedule and what that allows. Uh, The last two years and the way we started was it really started from um, a need that we had. Our family had a desperate need to have quality time together, to have experiences together that we were having at the same time, we were exploring new things um, all at the same time because my husband was working six to seven days a week, 18 hours a day, most days as a drill sergeant for two years, which meant we packed a lot of stuff into one day, into day <laughs> trips. Um, and now now that we've just moved here, we are finally able to have actual weekends again and um, even somewhat three-day weekends, which is really exciting. But yeah, we mainly focus on things that families can do and things that we can do based on our, we call them our new home stations in the military. They're called duty stations, which is basically just where the military puts you. And that changes about every two years. So instead of taking one vacation, like I feel like most families do, they take one really epic vacation a year, um, which costs a lot of money. We take as many small, little, tiny micro vacations as we can each year from that area. So you don't really see us going across the country very often to do these things. We 
feel like we get more bang for our buck by staying kind of local. Definitely. I think that's a great way to do it too. And like you said, I think having a big, you know, across the country trip can be kind of intimidating for a lot of people. And that, you know, adds the pressure of it has to be the most amazing trip ever. And, you know, we have to pack all these things and there's so much planning that just doing like a quick weekend getaway, you know, that's easily accessible that you guys can get to and just explore for a few days, I think is a great option too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing that, so I know that pre-kids or even just one kid, because I actually was a single mom um, when I married my husband. Um, But there's this this stigma about being a traveling woman or being travelers, quote unquote, where you feel like you have to travel off to Morocco or Marrakesh Mm -hmm. or wherever. (laughs) And you're like, oh, that's not me. I'm not that person because I don't do those things. But uh, legitimately, yes, I am. Like we, we're going yeah. every weekend to a new spot, and that's okay too. And that still, like, we identify very much as travelers, even though it's not as epic on the same level as as some people. But uh, with kids, it has been the best thing to take off all of that pressure um, off of them and off of us. Because um, we talked about we love we'd love to do disney one day but we're not there yet mm-hmm. like our kids oh, yeah. <laughs> no mm-mm. because it would cost so much money that we go mm-hmm. this would have to be the best vacation ever and like my right. 4 year old and my 1 year old they're not going to understand that i can look at my 8 year old and be like dude th- you better behave because this right. is that costs $30 and you're going to love <laughs> it and my 4 year old would just be like ah, you know whatever like you know, his toe feels weird today. So we're going to throw a fit. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The whole day is ruined. <laughs> Done. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think definitely experiences like that you want to save for when your kids can appreciate it or where you can like be able to enforce the rules and have them understand for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I remember lots of vacations like as a kid and it was fun because we were old enough to enjoy it. And then I look back on other photos that my mom was like, Oh, do you remember going to New York when you were three? I'm like, no, how would I remember that? <laughs> like, that's not something that's on my radar. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think taking them as older kids is always more fun. Yeah. And everything that we're doing right now is just working them up to be able to take that grand vacation one day um, to where they can really enjoy it. But we do still do really cool things. Like we took our, all of our kids skiing and my, um, my then three-year-old was skiing and he remembers it and he oh loves gosh. it. And I'm like, you can do cool things. So um, yeah, absolutely. we just try to do a balance. And for us, I guess the big determining factor is not so much what we're doing, but right now, how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's definitely uh, something that can decide where you're going or how often you're going for sure. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about, um, raise a little wonder. I don't know how you managed to do a blog, social media, you know, writing and be, you know, a wife and a mother to, you have three kids. Yes, I do. Yeah. Three boys. (laughs) Yes. And then take the time and effort to, you know, organize and coordinate family trips and go on weekends and all of that just seems like a lot to me. So what do you hope to accomplish with raise a little wonder? And what do you hope that your readers and followers can kind of gain from your content? So it's really started as a passion project for me. Um, I was in between working because as a military spouse, one thing that I have learned to accept is the ebb and flow of my own career. I'm going to have times to where it makes a lot of sense that I can work full time. And then other seasons where we're stationed and my husband is busier to where one of us legitimately just has to be there for the kids because we can't depend on each other um, at every single station every single phase of life so 
Um, I just, again, I wanted to push travel. Um, we were making the shift to be more minimalist in our lifestyle. Um, I didn't think anybody cared, but for me, it was like, you know, I like taking cool pictures. This satisfies like a whole creative side of myself. Um, and then I really had no idea how many people were starting to say our friends were paying attention and they were like, oh, well, now we're going to travel on the weekends like you do because you're right. Like we're stationed in this really cool area. Let's let's see the things. I go, well, yeah, what do you mean you didn't do that before? <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was unique or special, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited that it, it has evolved into that. And um, I can share the beautiful, wonderful things in people's backyards because, uh, again, like I think that that is overlooked. Um, a lot of state parks are, we love state mm-hmm. parks. We love, um, you know, you don't see us going to museums. We're not really museum kind of people. Um, mm-hmm. I took my kid to the Met one time when we were in New York <laughs> and he screamed the entire time. Oh, no. So it's a very quick trip through the entire thing. Saw it like yeah. hightailed out, but, um, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, just showing people what's out there, showing them that it's accessible. Um, we're not extremists. So you're not, a lot of travel families are like, we live on the road in a, in a van, which is awesome. Or like we live out of our suitcases in hotels, but here's us. Um, and we have a regular home, um, and regular lives, but we chose and choose to focus on travel. So instead of going to the ball field on the weekend, you're going to see us going to the back country and trying something new. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, we are a travel schooling family, mostly with our four-year-old right now. My oldest still is in traditional, so we're a hybrid family. Um, and this is kind of our homeschool diary. Also, okay. I see. Yeah. So the first thing I want to comment on is like state parks and people not exploring their backyards because I think mo- I would say most people are kind of guilty of that because. Even so, if you talk to people who live in New York City and you're like, hey, have you been to, you know, Staten Island or whatever? They're like, no, I have never been. I've never been to, you know, Ellis Island to go see the Statue of Liberty because it's always there and it's always available to you that you're just like, oh, I can do it anytime. And then you go to these amazing places and you see people from all over the world that have come to your backyard to go explore it. And it just, I don't know. I just did this recently at Yosemite and I haven't been to Yosemite in like 10 years probably. And I went and there's people from all over the world there. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. This is three (laughs) hours away from me. And I haven't been in 10 years. And it's an amazing, incredible place that people make huge effort to go to. And so that is a huge thing that I think more people need to take advantage of. So I think that that's great that you're, you know, inspiring other people who are living the same lifestyle as you and in the same location that there's plenty of stuff to do that doesn't cost a ton of money right, you know, in your backyard, pretty much. Absolutely. And so many of those, and it's, it's really difficult because we see plastered all over social media. You see mm-hmm. like New York city or you see, you know, or Shanghai or whatever, but you're, um, for example, um, before, before we ended up getting into a car accident, um, which was, we got hit by somebody this summer. So it kind of dovetailed our expedition, um, till later, but we were planning to go out and do a lot of South Dakota. Um, we were going to do some of Montana. Um, and for example, Mount Rushmore was on the list because it was like right off the interstate. So why not? But what I didn't know, even in like my little niche world of being an avid traveler and I seek it out and I love doing the research on where we're going to go. Um, I had no idea about things like Custer state park and that 
that was really the attraction there. Like Mount Rushmore was just a side caveat that would take for us, for our family, not that long, but then there's right, a massive, <laughs> yeah, like we saw it, it was this space. Cool. Um, yes. No dissing Mount Rushmore, but you know, there's <laughs> right. so much more that I never knew about um, mm-hmm. until I started researching. And still, I don't see that everywhere. I don't see those as the main draws and it should be because it's, it's beautiful, like Jewel Cave and Wind Cave and um, Google those things if you're planning a trip out there um, and <laughs> make it a whole, wrap it into one. Yes, absolutely. And to that point, I think a lot of tourist destinations are like that, where it's like the main attraction, people go in and out real quick just to quote unquote, be there and see it and take a photo. And then they miss out on all the other cool stuff around it. And I think that you made a great point that I think more travel blogs and more people should focus on those things because I mean, people don't know about it. They just go and they leave. So they don't have anything to share with you about the surrounding locations. So I think that that is a definitely an overlooked portion of travel blogs for sure. Yeah. It's one thing that um, when you kind of going back to what you said about like, what do you hope to accomplish? And it's funny because I still, it's just still very personal for me. Like we, we're not cool. We're not sponsored by anybody. Um, we don't <laughs> yeah. get, we don't get free trips, but um, you know, like if you follow me, what you're, going to see and what we want you to see is is the really cool places like um we were just at tongue point over in port angeles which is an off skirts if you're going to the olympic peninsula which is what we did we did um, the whole rainforest we did ruby beach which is amazing um but on our way back we needed to stop because we have kids and they just only last so long so we yes. were it's i think it's called salt creek state recreational area it's a great place to camp but like literally it was like let's just stop there's a playground but also there's these really <laughs> really cool tide pools. And that's um, like, if you look on our Instagram, that's that really cool picture of the gooseneck barnacle that Sean was holding up. Uh It looks crazy, like prehistoric. And oh my gosh, we spent three hours out there. Um, (laughs) And it was supposed to be like a five minute stop. But um, yeah, those things are beautiful. And if you're traveling over to Seattle, or you just want to like hop over and do the ferry thing, if you're over there, that's, that's what people don't know about. But that's what that's what you'll see us doing. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's the good stuff <laughs> the stuff that's an accidental stop that turns out to be amazing you're like why doesn't anyone know about this this is incredible yeah 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 so let's talk about being part of a military family I'm sure that that's tough you commented that it's one percent of the population which I did not know that that is teeny tiny um so obviously you guys move a lot and you change you know your home base sounds like fairly often and I think that probably makes it more crucial to make time for traveling together when you guys are together and in new destinations. So how do you manage doing that in between like busy schedules and your husband working and all the kids and everything? How do you manage to do that? <laughs> right. So again, that's kind of when Raise a Little Wonder came to be public on Instagram is when we just, we really had these conversations being so much, so many of our friends in the military, we're we're jostled about and we have to move and we have to adapt all the time. And and there's wonderful perks like being stationed in Italy or Germany or, um, you know, Fort Lewis where you're right by the greater Seattle area that you might never have on your own. If you were just to do like a regular nine to five, right where you graduated, most people don't get to experience that. But uh, um, a lot of military families were also finding it difficult because they were clinging to so many of the traditional, I want to say like traditional American family customs. Um, and we did it first. We're like, Oh, you're, you can never be at a soccer practice or you, you're going to miss this much of a season or, or, um, 
you know, how do we, how do we get back home every Christmas and do the traditional Christmas thing? And one year we just decided to kind of say like, screw it. We're, we're just going to be different. Like, um, we started giving each other, uh, trips for birthdays and then for Christmas. And we started living, could we live with one bathroom in a house? Like, could we get our mortgage down in the place that we are or rent by living in a smaller um, footprint? So that we'd be able to have more um, more money, which more money equivalent to us is more time together. Um, and time in the military, being a military family, is everything. There is no dollar amount on being able to to see each other and to spend time together as a family. So what we did was kind of stop complaining so much about what we don't have, and just every waking minute, every second that we could spend together focus on that and put our money into that. And that's what our lives have completely evolved into is, is that's our why for travel is, is time together. And that has, I feel like saved us. Um, it saved mm-hmm. my husband's career. I'll tell you that. Um, we talked a lot about whether or not it was a sustainable thing. Cause he wants to do mm-hmm. like, he has 10 more years to do till retirement. Um, and it's just really, there's a lot of pressure um, on marriage and families. And we were able to shift and put travel as a focus every time that he's not in his uniform. Um, it became a lot more sustainable. Yeah. I, yes, there's a few things that I would like to talk about. So your, your idea of like not putting like so much pressure on yourself to like be home for Christmas and be home for the holidays. I love that. And I think that more people could use that in their lives because I just see the tension that that causes in families that they're like, Oh, I have to do this. Even if it's something that you don't really want to do. And it's something that, you know, I've been working on is just to say no to things I don't want to do, or that don't really like serve me very well. Mm -hmm. It's just to say, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm going to go do what I want to do instead. And, you know, it's helped me leaps and bounds and also to prioritize travel over those things. Yeah. I find that it, it makes you so much more happy because I mean, how many times have you given a gift to somebody or you've received a gift yourself and you can't even remember what it is like six months later, you're like, I have no idea what you gave me <laughs> or, you know, it just doesn't hold as much. Um, to me, it doesn't hold as much maybe clout as like going on a trip together and just having those memories forever. Yeah. And I think that that can increase people's happiness a lot is just not putting so much pressure on material things and things that you don't really want to do or spending time with people that you don't really want to spend time with in general. And so just focusing on the things that you do have and the thing, the opportunities that you do have, like exploring your own backyard and spending time with your family when you can is much more important to me than, you know, any sort of gift or material thing for sure. It does. And you can still see your family, but what we have done is just, we've been really honest with them. Um, last year and they're, they're great. Our family is great. So, um, if they do get my kids gifts, we asked, like we got, we've got a zoom membership the last two years for my kids, um, that they gave them for their birthdays, which we used all the time in South Carolina. Um, and it was amazing. And they came and went to the zoo with us and our kids if they visited. But last year for Christmas, when we went skiing, we kind of said to my husband's dad and his wife, we said, Hey, we want to go on a ski trip. Um, It just so happened that they were also saying, Hey, December happens to be the time that would be really great for us to come see you um, or for us to get together. So we said, why don't we just combine them? 
And it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got a cabin, a ski in, ski out cabin. So that was our big, it was a good chunk of money, but it was mutual that like, here's our gift to you, which is us watching the kids and, and helping pay for this. And, and we're like, oh, well, here's the grandkids. Happy Christmas. And um, <laughs> um, also like they got to have the fireplace and the cabin in the snow. And so it was great. It was like the both best um, best of both worlds. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're really upfront about it. Um, that, you know, let's do the celebration a different time or, um, let's mm-hmm. just go together because I, that's my love language is, um, quality time together. Um, mm-hmm. travel is our love language and they've, they've been really accepting of that. So we've kind of looked out. Yeah, that's amazing to have that time with your family for sure and have people willing to just come out and meet me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we'll enjoy this vacation together for sure. So you specialize in day trips and uh, adventures that your kids can tag along. Um, what do you think is the most overwhelming part of planning these things? Um, so it's different every time with kids. I will say that sometimes it's the distance um, and getting to know your kids really, really well and how they travel. So I, I, I love that um, a lot of what we do is is within three hours or less. That's kind of the threshold at mm-hmm. maybe like an hour and a half. Your kids need to stop or have potty breaks or whatever. Um, and then with ours, we just know that three, three and a half hours is it. Like that's kind of right. it. They're done. <laughs> if we want to get in the car after that, like we just full on expect tantrums or whatever. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> like if we're going to push through it that weekend, fine. Um, so distance is a big factor in, in planning things. Um, my kids eat 24 seven, like <laughs> they, they will literally that we were at the store the other day. We were of course out of town this whole entire weekend and they were like dra- grabbing the candy right off the counter at the store. Like, like they're starving and we haven't fed them. I'm like, they had two breakfasts, four snacks, a Capri Sun on the way over here. They're not hungry. Um, planning enough food for them is, a, is a big thing. And, um, oh, this is big. I will say that, that being accepting of what you can do. So, um, if you're hearing if people with kids are like, she went on a ski vacation with an eight year old, <laughs> four year old and a one year old, like uh, you're not going to get the most out of that. And no, no, I did not. But what I, you know, I didn't get to go ski all day long. Like I would when I was 20 or without my kids. But what I did get to do is I get to go on, maybe like two hours with my husband and by ourselves on the runs. And then I got to watch my eight year old learn how to ski and spent like all day on the bunny slope, which is not something that sounds really appealing, you know, but it was great. Like, because he was so proud and that's, I loved it. And my four year old got to come out for like an hour at a time. And so we left a lot on the table. Um, and a lot of vacations, we might leave things on the table. We might let, we might leave, um, an entire chunk of a park or um, like Hurricane Ridge when we went to the Olympic National Forest. We didn't get to hike it. It just didn't fit. And, you know, whether being bummed about that or not even going because you'd say, well, I don't get to see all of it. Um, we've accepted that. And that's actually OK with us because we don't set out to travel to like have our kids check all the boxes by the time they're 18. Like, I think it's cool that we go somewhere and then say, hey, if you want to come back and bring your kids here, like this is an adventure that we left for you to travel and to do on your own. Um, 
which I guess is like a really unique way of crafting it, saying like, I'm sorry, your four-year-old brother was throwing a tantrum. We're not doing that today. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> but also <laughs> like, look, you know, this it's all about spending it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we don't disqualify it very much um, as in terms of what we could not do. Um, but I kind of do like leaving a little bit on the table for next time or whatever. It's, it's nice because um, then it opens that destination um, maybe later in life when they're at an older age or, you know, have a different ability. I think that also taps into like the pressure part of it is having realistic expectation expectations. And I think that applies. I mean, that applies to me anyway. And I don't have kids, you know, tagging along with me is that I used to get kind of bummed about if I miss something, but then, like you said, it gives me an opportunity like, Oh, I can come back with a different person or come back by myself and explore this with a different set of eyes at, you know, whatever age I am. And so I like the way that you put that and it kind of makes it sound more fun is that, oh, we're not missing out on this. You're kind of turning that into an opportunity for you can come back later and experience it in life and not be bummed about the fact that you didn't see a hundred percent of something because then that would be like exactly what you said. Oh, let's check this off the box. We're done with this place and you can move on from there. It leaves it so that you can come back 10 times. You can come back 12 times and just see little chunks and be able to appreciate those smaller trips and see, you know, that part well because I know I've done trips where it's like you hit the ground running for a month straight and you're trying to see as much as you can and do as much as you can and there are things that I missed during those type those trips that I wish I had slowed down and taken you know a week to explore one destination instead of trying to squeeze in everything and um, I think accepting of what you can do. Like you said, we can ski, but it's going to be a different type of ski trip is perfectly fine. It doesn't need to be your 20 year old self having that ski trip. It, you know, it's a different type of vacation. Yeah. Um, with um, your kids. We lived, so Charleston is a really good example of that too. I mean, skiing is really specific, but um, we lived within two hours of Charleston for two years. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I wrote a blog post about this, but um we went to Charleston a lot and Charleston can be done so many different ways. Like there's Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to like Charleston as a historic destination, Charleston um, as a foodie destination, Charleston and its surrounding beaches, or you might want to go to Fort Sumter and like that, unless you have a week and lots and lots of money, that's not something mm-hmm. that most people or most families can feasibly do do. Um, but we took it in chunks and we just had completely different trips with completely different focuses. Um, and that was really neat to do it that way. Um, to see it, see it in different lights, I guess. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Do like a foodie trip and do a history trip. I think that's a fun way to do it for sure. And see, it's like going to a new place because you're not going to the same exact locations every time. It's like a new city each time you go. It is. Cause I mean, how do you, I mean, like from a parenting perspective, when you travel with kids, like you can't expect to go to that. You can't expect to go to that delicious restaurant where your kids have to behave for like an hour and a half <laughs> during this meal and then turn right around and be like, and now we're going to get on a trolley and you know, right. you have Good to, pick, <laughs> yeah, like pick or choose. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about traveling as a family. Obviously that's your expertise. So what are the biggest pain points you see in others traveling with their families? We are pretty willy nilly when it comes to our kids. They are the lot like, you know, um, being so 
like in this little <laughs> box in our little niche world where we um, are military and we travel school and or slash unschool and our kids are wild and crazy. Um, we do well in our own space and our space is the outdoors and our space is travel. And that that's what we've embraced. And so um, when we clash back with the real world in terms of like, t- my kids do not have really good table manners. When we go out to eat, they act like wild animals and it's so embarrassing, but that's not their space. And I have to remind myself, like, I'm not, my kids don't go out to a restaurant every Friday night. And like, my Mm -hmm. kids don't really get organized sports that much because they're like, well, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to go rock climbing or like, I want to go to the river. Like, but there's baseball this weekend and you joined a team. Um, So, you know, I would say, Mm -hmm. again, understanding your kids (laughs) and putting, um, just being gentle with what you expect out of them is important um, and something to take into consideration. So uh, choosing things like wide open spaces, if your kids are just going to go like berserk um, or also, um, you know, don't plan historic Mm -hmm. tours with young kids where they have to be quiet and listen, or like they're not going to appreciate, you know, probably the Mona Lisa at this time in life. So um, don't even, put that on the table. Don't even, you know, make that a thing um, that you're going to do that trip if you have super, super young kids. So just trying to stay again in their realm and seeing cities and in a child-friendly way is important when you're planning. Um, And again, um, schedule. (laughs) Schedule is a big thing. If you're like, if your kid is so used to napping at this time and having dinner at this (laughs) time, um, travel can be really difficult for them. Um, They might not do very well at first. So I encourage parents, if if you are going to take a really big trip and you are going to have bigger expectations for your little guys or your little girls, then take mini trips to prepare them. Um, little mini micro vacations, go out and um, go to a state park and see how they do. Like, are they going to trample all over, you know, the path and go nuts in the woods? Cause they've never been before. Um, you might need to know that before you try to take them to grand prismatic um, at Yellowstone. Like it, they need to understand why they have to stay on the path and be able to have um, a respect for that. And if that's not really their normal, then that's really something that's difficult for them to understand. So um, preparing them for what they're about to do is, is a really big thing that again, we do because it's normal for us, but for the majority of people, it's not. So try to try to get there before you leave. I would say. Yes, (laughs) definitely. I find that to be true with adults even. So I imagine with kids, it's much the same because um, on the flexibility note, I think the expectations people have, and then if it doesn't work out, they're not flexible with it. So I imagine with kids, you're like, okay, well, we have to stop and we have to be okay with that. Because if you're not, it just makes it so much more stressful. If you're like, we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to be there by 6 p.m. That being flexible and having that ability, I imagine would make things a lot easier. And having like easygoing kids. We don't have nice things. I'm staring at like a super, like uh, we taped it slash there's paint scratched everywhere on this little Ikea table that we're shoving in our room with our plastic bins next to it so like our whole lives revolve around this and so yeah my kids do do really well um in these types of situations and scenarios um but also it's what I love so um if I take my kids to the beach 
Um, and it's a really grand trip. Like we went to Ruby beach and it was amazing and they loved it so much. And we spent like four hours on the actual beach because I was like, Oh my gosh, look at this. Come over here. Look at this. Um, and I was ready to identify and I, we would Google on the fly and, <laughs> and um, we found really cool things. And, um, we are engaged with them the entire time too. And I think that makes a big difference is that we're experiencing it with them. We're in the water. We're not just like sitting back in our chairs and expecting my kids to take in something grand or even think that it's grand. So we're down in it with them um, to help them stay engaged and to help them appreciate it. Because that's, again, maybe something that is difficult for parents to swallow is, you know, I took my kids into this place and it's beautiful and majestic and they don't even care. Um, they're staring at the sequoias and they're like, cool, it's a tree. Um, but if you don't come prepared, um, either on the front end by explaining right. <laughs> what you're about to go see and doing some lead up, which is normal for me because we're homeschooling and that's our whole thing. Um, but doing some lead up to it. So they are at least excited and might have mm -hmm. some knowledge or being in it with them. Like, I don't know what this bug is. It's really cool though. Let's Google it, you know, whip out your phone in that case. And then they remember this whole thing and, and the bug that you found. And it's really special. But if you just kind of step back and expect your kids to take it in, in the same way that you do, like, no, <laughs> they don't. I love the more hands-on approach to it for sure. And it makes all the difference in the world to have the backstory on something or to have somebody else that's interested in whatever you're looking at too. Otherwise, like you said, a tree is just mm -hmm. a tree to you unless you're like, well, this tree is 600 years old. And like, you know, being able to explain those things to a kid, it, it makes it really open up a lot of things and make it more interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, I love that the hands on it, it, approach, um, and just getting in there with them too. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> kind of have said in our travels, um, well, we know around six o'clock that it's going to be starvation time. We'll go from happily playing to we're dying to feed us right now. So before we go somewhere for an evening, we try to park somewhere that we can enjoy as as long as possible, but as prepared as possible. So we'll bring dinner like in a picnic style to allow them to, to eat. And like, we will allow if they, um, one of them is done, then we might allow, um, them to get on a tablet, which is like, Oh, taboo. She brings tablets. Like, yes, I do. Because my other children are playing happily in the sand or wherever we are. And my one, um, is maybe watching a little cartoon or playing a game or maybe the baby fell asleep. Um, but it's better to do that in a lot of scenarios than be stuck in a hotel, um, and like, you know, in your zone and ready with all the beds, like we'll just log them back to the car later. Um, but allowing them to, to crash on their own time too. And it's nice. Um, it's the way that we kind of extend more time with kids. It seems like the being prepared part is a real key here and the knowing your kids too, because obviously they're all different ages. And like, yeah. you know, like you said, if, as soon as dinner time hits, it's like, ravenous wolves that you're like okay we have to deal with this immediately or else it's going to be a disaster so like being prepared for that so it's not like you got you as parents don't have a miserable time and then turn like a fun day into the end of it is a disaster like okay we got to get home quick before things go real south here we we do yeah and and we know um if we're gonna plan a really big day that we don't get to go out to the really nice dinner um that night and if we want to do the really nice dinner then we're gonna kind of go lax and a little bit laid back on on what we're 
pumping out during the day so that we can have their the most of their attention and focus on on the dinner um so yeah you do you do have to know your kids and you do have to prepare like um you do need to be an expert snack packer and you do need to 1000% hide the chocolate have the like the go-to snacks like the desperation lollipop for when there's unexpected traffic and you're going to sit there for 45 minutes you're like look what I found okay everyone's quiet for 20 minutes good so yeah you got to save the massive bargaining chips for later <laughs> when it's desperate mhm cuz if they if they see them like if I don't allow my kids to pack their own snacks they have no idea like what they're going to get. And at first, when they're hungry, 10 minutes into the trip, I'm like, you want a carrot? No, I'm sure you don't want a carrot, but I have carrots. Do you have anything else, mom? No. Mm -mm. Two hours into the trip, though, I have like whatever you want. Like whatever. Just be quiet for 20 more minutes. Yeah. Because I know you're not hungry because I just fed you. So um, yeah, you can have, mm -hmm. yeah, you can have the chips later when the chips come into play. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So why is it important for you and your husband and your family to have these positive travel experiences? And what benefits do you currently see or hope to see um, from having these little travel uh, experiences and getaways? Um, my husband has a very demanding career. He, um, the two years that he did as a drill sergeant were extremely taxing um, on us as a family, on the kids, his relationship with the kids, on our marriage. Um, that is not something that we're trying to hide and pretend like everything was wonderful because it was, it was really difficult. Um, and so traveling together just allows us to kind of remember um, that life is great and beautiful and wonderful, even in the midst of um, crazy weeks where I know I'm not going to go see him for another week, at, you know, for the most part of the day. Um, it's We unwind together this way. The, um, like with our oldest, he his dad like we might not be able to make it to a single soccer practice um he might not make it to those because of his work schedule but and and instead of my kids always going like dad never shows up because he's always working well we know that because he's working but what he does show up for is your awesome vacations together and this awesome time together so um that is just always at the forefront for us um the time that we spend we don't you know, like praise our kids for, um, I'm trying to even think of how to compare it. Like, it's just so valuable to us. It's just so much of our love language, um, that that's really what matters. It's really what we put everything on. Um, it's not like, oh, you're saving all your bucks up for this special toy. It's like, Hey, um, let's get on the computer together this evening and let's talk about what you and dad might want to do when we go away this weekend or like, Oh, what hike do you want to try? Um, or, you know, maybe we'll head to the rock climbing gym or something. And, you know, what what path are you going to do? Are you going to boulder today? Or, like, how high do you want to make it on the auto, auto belay? Um, and so just giving them the stability in that way, in the things that they can depend on him for because they know he'll show up and be there for it has been really great to see. Um, and in the military life, their schools are going to change, their friends are going to change, their sports that they even have availability to play are going to change, everything, everything um, changes all the time. But um, instilling a love for travel and love for our world and just curiosity, which all go hand in hand, whether we're in the backyard or, um, you know, the back back 40 of a, of a park or whatever, um, 
they don't ever have to say goodbye to that because there are things, wonderful things to do and explore no matter where we go. So um, that, again, is just the language that we speak as a family and the things that are important to us, the things that we can hold on to. Um, Even though it's different for us, we feel like this is the one thing that never changes because we're always going to explore and do as a family. So I love the way that you worded that, that so many other things can change, which I actually honestly didn't even think about that school can change. Sports can change. You know, you might have to say goodbye to your friends, but for you guys, travel is the constant in your life that no matter what, like you said, you can plan a trip, you all get together for this certain amount of time. And I think that's the really important key there is that that's why it's important to you guys and why you make time for it and why you, you know, make the budget for it and try and find a place where your mortgage is less money is because it is that constant in your life that it's the one dependable thing. I mean, I don't mean to say the one dependable thing, but like the thing in your life that you can count on that it's going to be a good time that, you know, people are going to show up for and have a great time. And um, I really like that a lot. I think that's a great, I mean, obviously it's working out well for you guys. That's a great way to do it. It is. Um, we're not, we're not traveling to get like almost away from each other, which, which, I mean, can happen. Some, you know, you're, if you'll be taking a lot of times one vacation a year, it's so important for the husband to unwind, for the wife to not feel like she has to be on top of the kids all the time. If that's like the traditional dynamic and the kids are like, I'm finally going somewhere new. So there's just, again, like the pressure that we talked about um, kind of during this whole episode um, that, that happens and you could be together in an amazing place, but just mentally away from each other because you just need the space. Whereas our vacations being so frequent and so small and so like low key, we are 1000% together mentally, physically, like emotionally. That's where we're connecting. It just so happens to be in, in beautiful landscapes, but that's what makes it unique. And that's why the focus is there for us um, as a lifestyle versus being an escape that happens like once. Yes. And I find that people who are traveling to escape, I mean, no matter how far away you go, your problems will follow you there. And I think people go like as a family to get away from whatever their issues are at home or their work or to unwind, like you said. But then there's, again, that pressure where it's like, okay, well, I want to do this and I want to do this. And it's my vacation. And the other person thinks it's their vacation instead of like, okay, we're going to do this together. And it's not an escape from our lives. It's an opportunity to spend time together and not like be at each other's throats the whole time. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) because I've seen a fair amount of that myself um, in other families going on vacation where it's just like people seem grumpy that they are on vacation and I don't understand what I'm watching. (laughs) I'm like, why are you upset? You're in Thailand. I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) Why are you guys upset? (laughs) So it happens and you never know with kids. And um, again, a, a pressure thing, like going on so many vacations a year to where like sometimes we don't really spend any money um, outside of what we normally spend per week, um, you know, in food and gas or whatever. We're like, okay, this did not work out at all. You know, you're tired and you have a random ear infection that you just got five minutes ago and um, we need to leave and it's okay. Um, and we'll try again next weekend. It wasn't like this is the end of the world because this is the only time that we get to do this. And um, I've really, I really enjoyed that. Definitely. Yeah. The flexibility I think is really crucial for sure. Um, Okay. The last topic I'd like to talk about is creating content. We talked a little bit about how some travel blogs, 
at least in my experience. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not super familiar with the like family travel niche, but that doing stuff in your backyard is kind of maybe an overlooked thing. And people are more about like the grand extreme adventures, like going to Morocco or going to Thailand and things like that. Um, so from your website, you know, you provide really practical, um, actionable tips for traveling families, like the snack tip, you know, save those really good snacks for the end when you really need them or stroller accessibility, which is something that I obviously would never think about because it doesn't cross my mind. <laughs> so because I don't have any knowledge about family travel, what do you feel is something you're trying to add to improve this travel niche or what is like a section of it that you feel is kind of missing or lacking when you go to look for uh, information? Yeah. So I think that uh, the stigma with family travel, um, just a generic kind of niche that family travel gets put in is that you're going to go to an all-inclusive resort and your kids are going to eat chicken fingers and catch up, you know, have ketchup with their French fries. Um, and it needs to be this almost like tourist, super hyper touristy experience. Um, and you have to have like the, the hotel that's right there and everything. And, um, and then they're like, you see the parents profusely sweating, lugging all their gear for their kids because you need everything and, you know, because you have to have it all to avoid the meltdowns. But um, we're, again, like we strip it all down. Um, I, we have kind of pared it down to having a few quality gear pieces. Like we love our, we love our Deuter um, hiking backpack um, because it's really lightweight and then I can throw the kid in and if he's not in it, like whatever, he's running around. Um, and then that gets me into more accessible areas because I don't have the stroller. Um, or maybe we'll, you know, bring a wagon this time and that'll be our one equipment that we bring. I did talk about that when I was talking about planning a road trip, like don't overpack with all this kid gear, um, pare it down, learn to live with less just in general. Um, tell your kids like, I'm sorry, no, I don't have everything at my fingertips today. This is what we have here. Cause mommy could carry it on her back. Um, and I'm not sweating and I'm enjoying myself. Whereas if I was lugging every equipment that we have, like it wouldn't be enjoyable for me. Um, so we just, we just really, again, we are for the most part, a single income family. Um, and so we try to do budget trips. We try to do trips that are close to home. So if there is um, a meltdown or a crazy thing happens that you can come back and try again. Um, most of the stuff that we do is free or it's very, very low cost. So we want to make it more accessible to everybody. We don't want the outdoor world or the travel family world or travel family hashtags to seem like, well, I have to give up my nine to five job and my kids have to be extremists and, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. No, like any family can travel. Any family can get out there and start having amazing adventures together. Um, and if you do, if you are sick of the way that things are going and, you know, like try to focus on materials, you're sick of that and you want to look for something different than, I mean, you can look at us. We, we don't have it all together, but we have each other all the time. Um, and we're learning to love that. And we're going through the ebbs and flows and we're as real as we feel like we can be on a public social media site. Um, but we're really open too. like, anytime someone messages me, I'm like, oh, you know, go here and here and here and do this and this and this. And. Um, it's great. And we just, we want more families to enjoy each other and to help their dollars, dollars go farther. Yeah. I think it makes it a daunting task. Like you said, it has to be an all-inclusive resort and it's kind of like all a package deal where 
you know, you are bringing everything. And from what I understand, like a lot of hotels, you can either rent stuff that you might need, or, I mean, I'm sure there's other options as well. But the, I think what you guys are doing, like you said, is making it more accessible to all families because like the all-inclusive with a bunch of kids is not something that's like on a lot of other people's radar that don't have a ton of money. Cause I mean, you can do it relatively inexpensively. Um, but I don't know that that's everybody's style. And so I think that that's a great portion to include in the family travel niche is that it is accessible. And like you said, you can do plenty of stuff for free. The outdoors is free. <laughs> go run around outside, go fishing, go play in the Creek. Like there's so many things to do that, um, maybe, uh, other traveling families who are doing something similar don't feel like it's anything special. Do you know what I mean? They're like, Oh, we go to BLM and we just kind of run around that you wouldn't think like, Oh, let me write a blog post about this. So other families can do the same. So it does seem like it's kind of maybe an overlooked area of just like average things that you can do to keep your kids entertained, go on vacation with your family and not spend a ton of money and have it be, you know, a thing that everyday people can do. Absolutely. And I, I think that we, you know, we, we have to like tell ourselves like, you know, no, we, we are travelers too. You know, this, this was a travel week and we did go to a new destination um, because it's hard just to, to overlook it. Like when you, you don't go to something that costs a lot of money because so much of our culture um, in this world is focused on like, oh, that costs a lot of money. That was a really amazing time. But like, no, we have had the best times together when we spent nothing. Um and we just went to where Abington let our kids lead us and down this path and they made a teepee out of sticks, you know. So uh, we want we want more people to feel empowered that they can embrace this lifestyle because there's so many fruitful things that come out of embracing it um, that we've talked about today and so much more that is not coming to the forefront of my mind. But um, if you if you want to embrace it, then you can. Um, and we're here to show you just our little way of doing it. Yeah, there's so many opportunities to do that. And um, I've personally been trying to take advantage of them myself. Like on a day off when I have two days, I'll be like, I'm just going to get in the car and go somewhere and find something fun to do and not make it a huge deal where I'm like, okay, I'm going to plan out every single thing and just make it, you know, a whole ordeal that, you know, you can do that with a family. Like kids get in the car, we're going somewhere fun. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> that, yeah, there's just so many opportunities to have fun. That's not like a huge pressure situation. And, um, yeah, I think good stuff. We are totally trying to just, I, it's like a sweatshirt that I wear, like raise, raising good humans. Um, and that's, that's the whole thing too. in this is that we are, we are trying to raise children that when they're adults, that we hope that these things that we do together becomes translate into to their lifestyle. And it's things that we can do together later in life. Like I'm trying to raise people that, um, once it's, you know, appropriate when they're adults, um, I can become and make switch from mom to more of like a friend because we've done this together. And this is our culture and love language versus having to, you know, make that weird, awkward shift at your, your late twenties, your mid twenties or whatever point it is that you actually become an adult. I'm like, please do this later and invite me because, you know, I took you here when you were six. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I just started doing that with my mom and we just started going on trips together. And I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, this is so much fun that I would never have thought of when I was like a bratty teenager. Like I'm going to go on trip with my mom later in life, but I've been having so much fun. Like I'll text her the night before. I'm like, Hey, you want to go for a hike in the morning? And it's just a great opportunity to spend time together and like have a friend instead of a mom for a while. And, um, 
yeah, it's really fun. So I'm sure that's going to happen for you guys later in life. I don't see why not. <laughs> You're cultivating that sense of adventure in your kids for sure. I hope so. They better take me on some really cool trips when they're older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, or else. <laughs> Uh, so where are you guys heading to next? Oh, so we were just having this discussion. Um, we have a lot of plans in the works. We are have all of Utah on our radar, which is sort of why my husband chose this area to do two years of school, um, which is kind of, quote unquote, what his job is right now. Um, we have that. We have been saving when our oldest comes back from his dad's this summer. We are headed to Yellowstone for sure. Um because we, we skipped it because of the car accident, but we're putting it back on, on the map. So just lots of, I would say, travel within five to seven hours of where we are is a big thing for us. All the national parks <laughs> that are within our vicinity is is what we're doing. Yeah, you guys have some great ones. Um, and remind the listeners, you guys are in Washington, um, so you guys have uh, you know some good national parks there. The Pacific Northwest has some great stuff going on up there. Um, Utah, I've, I've been wanting to visit for a long time and, um, Yellowstone also, my mom just went to Yellowstone and said it was snowing in June. I was like, what is going on over there? So yeah, please do. We have a lot, a lot coming up and a lot more time that we've been able to spend together. So we are day trippers by heart, but we will definitely become weekend warriors or however we end up hashtagging that <laughs> later. <laughs> weekend warriors works for now. <laughs> Yeah, like hashtag weekend travel, hashtag, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll find one. I usually find the, the better ones that somebody's already made. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. You guys got some exciting stuff up uh, coming up. So let people know where they can find you online, your website, social media, so they can follow along as well. You can follow us anytime at Raise a Little Wonder on Instagram and our blog at www.raisealittlewonder.com. Perfect. And thank you very much for coming on today and talking with me. I really appreciate it. And it's something that obviously I didn't know very much about family travel. So um, it's just something that I've gotten a few requests from listeners for um, talking a little bit more about those tips and tricks for how to get away for a few days. Um, so thank you for coming on today. I know you guys got a lot going on. You just got home from vacation and you made time to sit down with me. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And to all your mommy listeners, just know that it doesn't end when your kids kids are born. It can still happen. You can still sustain a traveling lifestyle. So it's all good. Thanks for listening to the Rambling Gals podcast. You can always head to our website, theramblinggals.com, for more travel resources and our archive of podcast episodes. If this podcast was right up your alley, we would love to receive a review from you. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode from us. See you on the next one.